0: I mean, we're witches, (laughs) basically. Hey, witch, it's Rach. You've really gotten to know me and I want to get to know you. Enroll in my virtual self-love course, Learn to Fucking Love Yourself, and we'll connect one-on-one in your complimentary coaching call. Learn to Fly is a crash course that'll heal your entire internal world. It covers inner child work, cord cutting out the bullshit from your life, Marie kondo your mind, and tactical exercises that will teach you how to enjoy being you. Read the stellar reviews and enroll at rachelleforrest.com slash learn to fly. Let's get high on self love, baby. Hey, witches,
1: welcome back to Basic Witches. I'm Rachel LaForest. I'm Leah Knauer, and happy new year. (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're so excited to be doing some new episodes uh, with an amazing guest. You know her, you love her, we've had her on before pro-witch angel phoenix and she is a poet whenever she opens her mouth so it's gonna be a good episode oh yeah yeah. and this episode is all the goosebumps so much synchronicity
0: so much wisdom Mm. coming through prophecy Mm. dreams like Mm -hmm. it felt like we were sitting around a campfire telling witchy stories like you're gonna love it
1: Yes. You know what? You also will love joining our Patreon yes. where you'll connect with us and get monthly card readings and uh, a part of our private Patreon coven, which is very exciting. And mm-hmm. you get shout outs on the pod. So come join us. And you can do that by going to the link in our bio on Instagram at Basic Witches and or just go on Patreon slash Basic Witches. Mm -hmm. and you can also check out our new merch and if you would be so
0: kind as to start that domino effect of leaving an apple Podcasts review for us and five stars it'll send all the dominoes straight straight into our hearts we want to tell you about another awesome productions show And the show will benefit from it it's a great way to support us have you ever wondered if there's more to sex than what you've been taught because, duh, of course there is. Well, Alexa Martinez is here to show you what the more is. How sex can be
1: edgy, playful,
0: and fulfilling beyond your wildest dreams.
1: As a sex coach, business mentor, and intuitive guide, Alexa will take you on a journey of pleasure, discovery, to show you how to create your best sex life and cultivate your desires, leaving you turned on and inspired as folk.
0: And this episode is going to be so inspiring as well. Enjoy with Angel Phoenix. Good. Let's do yes. it. Let's party. I'm so glad you're here. Let's party. Yeah. <laughs> we do have drinks.
2: We need, we need you. We need you, Angel. Oh my God. I have so much that I want to say. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I had such me a too. bizarre scenario <laughs> this morning as well. Okay, I'll shut up. Go ahead. Talk to me. Oh, no. well, you! Well, I mean, Rachel
1: and I were just talking about just what America is going through, and sure. ugh, it's a lot. And I, I thought that I would want to cancel today, but knowing that it was you, I'm actually stoked oh. and, and fired up, and hoping you can inspire me. Yeah,
2: bring <laughs> me back do you wanna, to but before we start, do you want to tell me what specifically is bothering you? I mean, obviously everything's fucking mental right now, but yeah. um, what what specifically is making you feel not well, amazing right now? I've been having visions of
1: the future to come for our country and I'm scared for the next time. Yeah, girl. Yeah.
2: Mm, okay. Do you? All right. I already know what we're going to talk about. Do you want but you know to? You know
1: what's so interesting? So just for listeners, we're recording this on January 10th. But what's so interesting is on January first, I, I was really excited to tell both of you this. I did a tarot reading with my new Philly deck that I'm obsessed with. That my brother, <clears throat> whoa, frog in it. <laughs> um, my brother got <laughs> for me. And um, the future card that I pulled was justice. Oh. And then five days later, this attack comes, and I'm still holding on to that message of like. I still think justice eventually will prevail. The truth always comes out. But right now we're in this like dark, scary unknown that we've been in actually for four years. This is just the culmination of all of it. And it's scary as fuck. And being Mm. in California on the other coast, I feel really helpless. Mm. And L.A.
0: is uh, melting down with the virus. L.A. is overloaded it's making
2: the news across the whole country
0: it's insane
2: i have had the most deeply prophetic dreams i've ever had literally in my life for the last year uh and it all they they started i've always been mega dream clairvoyant Mm -hmm. and then probably november so this is November of not last year, the one right before basically we originally spoke.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I, I, you know, yo bitches I have journals of shit that I see and I write and I just like all the and I mean journals and journals and journals and one of them for context is my my uh, here is a pearl of wisdom and it's dropping and I'm gonna tell everybody here who knows that they are either at a altar or rite of passage or they are absolutely becoming more activated with clairvoyance, clairsentience, clear audience I mean if your sixth sense is throbbing Do yourself a favor and share the magic you see. If you do not voice your dream out loud, if you do not voice your prediction out loud, if you do not voice what it is you see, you never allow it to be vindicated or validated or affirmed And you will continue to believe that you are crazy. And believe me, there is no Mm. worse feeling than having a dream and it coming true. But you didn't tell anybody. Yeah. And so it's just between you you guys Uh now. It is so important. It is why Aquariuses Mm. are some of the highest Nobel Peace Prize winners, all the while Mm. being some of the most institutionalized uh, psychosis, because this is how psychosis happens. Psychosis only happens based on the people around you at the time of you having your breakthrough. If you're having a breakthrough, uh huh. If you're having a breakthrough or epiphany or revelation around a person who doesn't see you, you become crazy oh. if you have the revelation or the epiphany or the breakthrough around a person who sees you, who believes you. It it, it becomes your epiphany, your revelation, your mm. bursting through, your evolution. So mm. for witches and for those who are in the esoteric occultist New Age space, you are robbing yourself of an opportunity to reach that peak breakthrough and in fact you're giving yourself a uh go past you, you know the psychosis ticket on the monopoly board and do not collect 200 and forever mm. feel like a fucking lunatic so you have to tell people what it is you see so basically mm-hmm. last last november i started jotting everything down and i remember i was holding a training session it's a week it is so intense it is massively full on and uh, i I started uh, the the dreams. I cannot even begin to tell you how profoundly detailed they were. So I'm having this dream and I get out of an airport Said I didn't know if I was going somewhere, but it didn't feel like home. And I try calling an Uber and Mm. I have this feeling on my skin that I cannot explain. Okay. It felt thick and heavy and bizarre and I couldn't get an Uber. So I walk over to what looks like a taxi rank, which is not a taxi rank. But in my dream, as you know, it goes clearly felt like a taxi rank. And I see a red convertible in this red convertible. There is a man and two of his friends. And I knock on the door and I say, excuse me, is there a way for me to get a ride? It looks like a taxi. And he looks over to the two other men and he says, move over, boys. I'm giving her a ride. And they leave almost as if like he is this all saying not gangster or, or mafia, but somebody important. Mm. I'm like, what the fuck? Anyways, I need a ride. So I get in and I sit down and we start having a conversation. And when I get in the car, I, all of this is written down naturally in real life, but I'm going to give you the cliff notes version. He starts talking about, you know, X, Y, Z, the car, and I noticed how high tech it is. And I remember saying, Jesus, this is absolutely, you know, unbelievably built. It felt like a spaceship. Mm. And he says, yeah, it's a Tesla. And he turns around and looks at me and he looks Northern European. He has a mustache. Now, if I could tell you, I didn't know who Tesla was until this dream. Okay. I always knew him as this kind of ambiguous figure. I didn't yeah. I never really looked him up or you know there's aspects of it that I had heard about him because I love visionaries. I just tend to know them through books and whatnot, but I didn't have a real understanding of him. But something made me feel super bizarre when he looked at me like this and and come to see by the way that I actually felt like I skipped some kind of timeline and had a conversation with Tesla. It was actually insane. So we're in this car and and he while he's driving, presses a button, leans back, puts a white sheet over his face and goes to sleep. Whoa. As Ooh. we're driving and I am even getting goosebumps and right now thinking about it because it was when I woke up from this dream, I talked about it for, sorry, spoke about it for five hours with my students. I was so disturbed. Anyways, I, I start to say, why do you have a sheet over your face? Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't answer me. Now, even saying this out loud, it feels like, you know, when you kind of the dead go to sleep or, you you know, in a morgue or something and they put Mm. that sheet over the face. Yes. Mm. Anyways, and he he says, don't worry. You know, it's it's driving automatically, but he wouldn't look at me. He wouldn't speak. And all of a sudden, a storm hits. And now I start to get really uncomfortable. I'm like, look, this is dangerous. You need to be looking where we're going. I don't care if the car is automatic. You need to look where we're going. Mm -hmm. And he puts his head up and he presses a button. And just like that, He ejects from the vehicle into what looks like a motorcycle of sorts. And he starts remote controlling the car that I'm in. Okay, fun fact, which I found out, Tesla invented the remote control. Mm. I did not, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Wow. So he, and he was laughed at. Like people literally said that you're you're, you're a lunatic. So when Mm -hmm. I... I imagine afterwards I start kind of vetting Mm. aspects of the dream and I, and now I'm starting to get weirded out in real life. I'm thinking like, okay, there's no way I could have fucking known that now I really need to pay attention to the rest of the dream. So he is in front of me. I'm hitting the panic button because I don't know how to drive this car. (gasps) And he's, he's kind of momentarily looking back at me, almost like a, you know, mother bird with a baby bird. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like, well, Now you've got to fucking learn how to fly. And I I just remember sitting there being like, what the fuck is he doing? He's a sadistic bastard. Like, I'm going to die now. There's a cliff coming up ahead and a corner. He turns the corner, looks back at me and disappears. As in the remote control is now gone. And I have to figure out how to drive this car on my own. So, uh, guys, I take a black hoodie. I put it on, I hold my breath and I just start pressing these buttons as if I know what I'm doing, I don't. It's my last ditch effort. I press the buttons and it works. I manage to get the car to work. I get to a town. I get to a town at an interjection of lights. And I have this sick feeling in my body. I don't know how to stop this car. So I actually end up systematically and strategically crashing it between a telephone pole, again, Tesla, and something else. And so that I can run out. And something in me, have you ever had a zombie dream where you you know there's the risk of somebody running after you, of somebody Mm -hmm. trying to eat you, very like 28 days later, disturbing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was no indication to me. That this was a zombie dream, but I was acting i was acting as if there were zombies everywhere. But there was no zombies and I couldn't figure out why I had this fear, this underlying paralyzing fear. And I decided to stake out behind a bush and wait to see if any zombies would show up for lack of better words. Now, again, there's no logic to this in this dream. There's no reason I should be feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And I start watching people. Now, this is where it gets absolutely mind-bendingly goosebumps up Mm. the vagina. Please listen to this because it's nuts. I start watching people crash through intersections, red lights, green lights, And now in a zombie movie, when this happens, it's typically when the person is moving from, let's say human to zombie, and Mm -hmm. it's a really gregarious, dramatic change and they crash the car. So now I start thinking like, okay, this is the moment. The moment is that if they are, uh, if they change basically into a zombie, then I know it's a zombie, but if they don't change, something else is happening. And I watch them and they crash the car, but they don't turn to a zombie. It's almost like something is intermittently happening for them to lose control. And then they crash the car and they walk out of the car. I start to get frightened. I start running towards a tall building, a very, very, very tall building. I don't know where it is I'm going. I'm running, I'm running. And I run up the stairs and I run into an apartment where I know there's three people and I only know one. And she lies down on a bed in full white clothing, puts a white sheet over her head, and she looks completely calm. The other two people there don't understand why I am freaking out. I don't know them. I don't, I, I, for some bizarre reason, I remember a, uh, a person of color, so a black man, if I'm not mistaken, and a woman, and they're saying, why are you scared? Why are you scared? And I'm like, there's somebody chasing me. You need to shut this door right Mm -hmm. now. All of a sudden, I feel this intense masculine energy trying to creep up to the door and something pops into my head. If Mm. I give him money and he leaves, I know it's not a zombie. I'm vetting these zombies in my dream and he's banging on the door, banging on the door, screaming. Like, I mean, have you ever heard the most road rage man in the world screaming and I start to feel uncomfortable and I'm scared and I take money out from my pocket? And I slide it between the door entry and him. He takes the money and he leaves. I close the door and I remember, I remember my dream thinking, wow, okay, even if everything Mm. is ending, if I have money, I'll be able to make it out alive. And Um. I go into the room and I say to them, you know, how do you not know what's going on? Turn on the news and I've goosebumps Mm. all over me. And I will take a picture for your show notes so that you can actually show people this. There's a woman on the news and she is looking at a map, the map. And guys, remember, this is before the vortex. This is before everything. Yeah. She's saying that there's a vortex. There are four vortexes coming out of America, the Middle East, China and somewhere else. And I cannot make out the last one. There's an Russia. airplane moving across the screen. She says there is an infection spreading and it is moving through airports and airplanes. And it is coming out of a place called Wuhan. Now no. in my dream, like I have goosebumps my, everywhere. My I, I don't know what Wuhan is. So I, in my journal, am writing Sudan, Sudan, no. Sudan, mm. because I don't. I don't know what the fuck Wuhan is. Yeah. And the only thing that's close to that is Sudan. Right. So I'm like, what does she say? And the fucking thing starts in Wuhan. So I'm like, okay, Ooh. again, in hindsight, the, the amount of things that happen in this dream. And so she says. It's all first- so symbolic and so connected though. I'm so excited to <laughs>
1: analyze it with you.
2: Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Oh, like, seriously, if that was a margarita night that we could have where we could just analyze every prophetic dream, that would just be my third eye fiddle, my skittle till the end of time. (laughs) So she says, she literally says, there is this disease that is moving through airplanes and airports. We thought that it was a virus. It is just people waking up. (sighs) now that is why people were crashing mm. their cars Ooh. she was talking <sighs> about a burst of white light hitting them and their abilities waking up so like clear sight clear hearing and on the wow. screen a doctor shows up on the screen with a brochure and on the brochure it says Clair audience, clairvoyant clairsentient clairerliance all of them and he's saying, and he's walking people through what they can expect to happen. So he's on the screen. He's saying, this is not a disease. We thought it was a disease. Turns out there's some kind of reboot happening. Da, 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 da. And I'm looking at this yeah. and I'm thinking like, are you fucking kidding me? And the whole dream is talking about this. I wake up. I think, okay, this is absolutely insane. I write everything down. The next night I go to sleep. I'm in Los Angeles. When I mean that it feels like the world is ending, I mean that it feels like the world is ending. This entire dream is in me in some kind of warehouse. And remember, this is before I'm in LA. So when I, when I say that I was terrified to be in LA, it's an understatement because I had this fear that while I was there, something horrible was going to happen. Now, when I ended up going, there ended up being five earthquakes there was one earthquake during one of the, the retreat sessions that I was doing. I was in an escape room when an earthquake hit so badly <gasps> in, in Koreatown that I thought it was a part of the escape room. Oh like, my so God. I, I was terrified that this was going to happen. So in the dream, I'm in this warehouse. There are, there's fire falling out of the sky and water. Okay. That's as Ooh. much as I'll let myself remember. Mm. And I'm trying to find my children. I can't find them anywhere. And we're in this warehouse where there's literally probably 20 people capacity and there's maybe 500. And I, I, I lick my finger. I put my finger to the air and I turn around and I say, it's about to end. And I am looking for my children because I know that I'm about to die. We're all about to die. I cannot find them. And the dream, literally I had to wake myself up and I cried for so long because I could not find my children and it was mm. the, my worst nightmare. Oh. Now, last week, I had a dream about LA again. Mm. And in this dream, over and over again, they were saying somebody, I don't know who was saying, Los Angeles has now become the most unlivable pla- place on earth. Los Angeles is now completely unlivable and this whole thing, and I I got up and I started Googling it because I thought that I missed something. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck is going on? And all of this stuff that keeps happening in my dreams that keeps presenting itself about what even now just talking about, it makes my womb hurt. Like what, what is about to happen? What continues to happen? And what I did want to say about the justice piece, my love, is that Libra mm-hmm. as in Libre mm-hmm. is the balance. It is the scales. It is the... Uh, Also completely in charge of the reproductive system, of the womb space, of the fallopian Mm -hmm. tubes, that is the OG scale space. So leaning in to how we bring justice to this all is going to be directly related to how much we lean into our womb, our instincts, our intuition, our sacral authority, our body, our barometer, our compass, everything. Mm. The only way to change what happens next, Mm. the only way to play a a active role in how things change in terms of, you know, uh, from how we saw them in a dream, kind of like in Twilight, where you think everything's ending, but she had a vision Mm -hmm. and the vision gave her an opportunity to do things differently. Mm. I think that we're seeing lapses Mm. and and snippets of, of the future in Mm. order to equip those who are sleeping to wake up Mm. so that they can act differently based on the fear of what that vision might be. Because see, the fear of death impacts even the most of evil. Mm -hmm. And if Mm. the evil can see that evil's up ahead, evil will act differently. Mm -hmm. So giving people an opportunity to actually voice their dreams, voice their visions is akin to, you know, um, a fucking twilight it's like mm. going to the Volturi going to the most evil parts of the government and being like look this is what we saw imagine if a thousand witches mm. showed up yeah at the White House with the Holy exact shit. same vision Wait, used to gather the, the witches. That
0: would be so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. And again, neither of you would have any way of knowing this, but like Angel, you're basically giving the solution to the problem that I raised in my solo episode that's going to come out right before this. Fuck off. And no one's heard that. <laughs> like no one's heard that audio. And I asked, wow. like, I literally ask, how can witches be the outcast that we've already been portrayed as and think differently and do differently? Mm, and you're you I'm, literally just use those aw. words. Like how can we dude. do differently?
2: <laughs> dude, dude, I just remembered. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I just remembered a poem that I wrote in November of last year, and that would have been just a few days, max a few days after this dream. And I right. wrote, oh my god, oh my god. I wrote, oh my god, I'm gonna send a picture. I will put this in your show notes. Oh my god. Apocalyptic question mark ballistic question mark cryptic question mark rile the women from exile this is not the end it is just the beginning and i'm having a fucking full circle moment with what it is you just said yes oh my god my nipples are
0: so hard and my (laughs) scalp my scalp
2: has goosebumps my scalp my scalp head to toe my nipples my ass crack (laughs) my ass crack has grown antennae that's how many goosebumps i have I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna photograph every single thing in this journal. And I'm going to post it in your show notes because there are so many things. At one point, I'm in a train station and I'm asking everybody where to get to where I'm going, and nobody will answer me. And all of a sudden, this guy says, It's there. I walk in, I shit you not, it is a dark red space, and I see myself teaching women, like it's teaching women witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And we all have hats. And I remember being so frightened at the at the fact of what I was doing and how secretive it felt that mm. I woke myself up. And I think that ultimately our responsibility and our moral obligation when it comes to the preservation, right? So the we're all talking about global, you know, global warming and climate change and the extinction of animals. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about the extinction of the sixth sense. Nobody's speaking Mm -hmm. about the systematic extinction of women to their womb space and to Mm -hmm. their instinct and to Mm -hmm. their intuition. Nobody's speaking about how we have been gender siding and and killing off Mm -hmm. the power of inner knowing against all odds. So this is a moral obligation to the preservation of those skills and those tools and those techniques and those ways of being. So I think that as a witch it becomes your moral obligation. It becomes a moral Mm -hmm. imperative to speak and voice what you see and imagine the mutiny that would transpire if every single person shared their vision Mm -hmm. and imagine if 1 million witches, which is barely anything from all Mm -hmm. around the world, you know, petitioned the White House or or showed up with a plea or went on national TV Mm -hmm. or did anything saying, this is what we've seen. Now it's either we do something Ooh. differently or we just watch it all burn. Oh. What would we do at that point? Oh, wow. oh. well, obviously there's that famous
1: quote. I'm going to butcher it, but it's about like you first, they came for our guns and they came for the, or the Arabs or what, whatever. It's like, there's always a different group of people, and it was witches at some time, at one time, and mm. then it was gay. Three hundred fifty it's like, fucking years. Yeah. There's there's been so many groups of people, so it's like, okay, at what point are y'all going to care? Thank you. Yes. And what yes. you
0: said about waking up, I've been saying mm-hmm. that since early last year. Of like, we need to. That's what it's felt like to me this whole time. That's crazy. Like it's a waking up and. um Like, especially a wake up white women is what what it felt like to me. It's felt especially wake up white Mm -hmm. women because the most dangerous, like Leah, you were just saying Mm -hmm. um, before we hopped on this Zoom, the most dangerous people are the complacent ones. Mm -hmm. Apathy. Um, What'd you say?
1: Apathy when people don't care.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel that women have been like you said like endangered it, it, our intuition has been endangered and like crop like cut down um mm-hmm. and numbed out and we've been disempowered but mm-hmm. we actually have so much power but we need to wake up to it so it's, mm, and that's you know, why it's they're exciting.
1: clinging so desperately Is because they know they're losing their power mm. what angel
2: uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, i'm so sorry i'm so sorry to interrupt. no no uh-huh. what <laughs> Ugh, i I was just thinking about how and i th- I think I spoke about this on the last episode we did together, but where we talk about cockroaches, we mm-hmm. talk about how they would survive the nuclear fallout or the apocalypse. Nobody speaks about what women have survived mm-hmm. and how we are raped and pillaged and burned, mm-hmm. and we are stuffed in boxes and we are lobotomized, and we still come back remembering
3: mm-hmm. and there is
2: nothing nothing, then anyone can do. No government, no system, no institution, no amount of killing, no amount of raping, no amount of butchering that could ever stop us from remembering who it is we are. And that is the Mm. ultimate threat. And if you remember that, it makes a difference. I also just wanted to say that the the quote is, first they came for the communists and Mm -hmm. I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Mm -hmm. Then they came for the socialists and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. And then they came for the Jews and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. And I mean, we could extend this to, you know, people of color and Mm. and, and Mm -hmm. the LGBTQIA plus community. And I mean, how many? And then they came for me, but there was no one left to speak for me. And this is oh. so beautifully symbolic. So I love that you just that. brought that up. Yeah. yeah. I think of that and it it's, makes my oof. bones
1: chill every time. Cause it's like, and, and I know Christ. Rachel and I've talked about before on the podcast, we both love Anne Frank. I've always been so fascinated oh. by Anne
2: Frank. You too? Fuck off. Fuck. you do excuse my fucking language oh. and frank was my first obsession oh, all yes, the became oh my god i'm about oh to start crying god. i read her diary oh so
1: many times i want to I- go
2: to her annex mm-hmm. so bad just to like i be have in- full oh. okay yeah. no this is really bizarre yeah. i have full body goosebumps right now i have been obsessed with her Mm -hmm. since so my obsessions were volcanoes esp and and Anne frank and when i mean when i mean that i obsessed i the first time oh my god full fucking chills okay i was about to headline a music festival doing uh ambassador for suicide prevention And before I was there, I had to go to Capitol Hill to do some stuff on changing legislation for suicide prevention. I was so young and I remember taking myself out on a date to the Holocaust Memorial Museum in D.C. I have taken myself
1: on a date to an Anne Frank Memorial in L.A. Wow. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) And I, and but also the whole thing that's happening on Capitol Hill is just taking me really bizarrely because I haven't thought the about circle. being there in so long. Oh, yeah. Wow. And and just being yeah, so just being there and, she, and, and being she was a ugh. truth speaker.
1: Ugh. And and ugh. like ugh. just hear hearing what she had gone through, which is so eerily similar to what we're going through now. It's mm-hmm. just, I mean, Trump how, is Hitler. How did, we, how did we not learn? And I mean, we collectively as a nation, like I know a lot of people have, but but clearly there's this underspoken, uh, private underworld of people who feel like they're not represented and they're angry. And it's really dangerous when well, stupid people are angry. What scares uh, me? Uh, yes, exactly. Uneducated people and anger, angry. angry and having
0: all the guns. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> what like... So my I'm also really connected with Anne Frank, which listeners have heard all about this. Like my hung my grandma from Hungary. Fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. She her name was Anna Frank. So like super cool. What? Yeah. <laughs> my mom's mom from Hungary. And um What the fuck? And yes, and my I went, I did have the like privilege of going to the Anne Frank Museum in the Netherlands. And um I have that same thing where I feel really connected to her. And I like, every time I take out the brochure from the museum, I just cry so much. Like, you you know, I think empaths can like feel what she is feeling and Mm -hmm. tap into that. Um, And it wasn't that long ago. No, exactly. It was not that long ago. Mm -hmm. So Angel, how did you
1: like interpret that dream after having that? And what did you do differently? If anything, I'm
2: tripping balls at how many. <laughs> see, look, Great. as well, like, can I? Because I, I, I promise I'm going to answer that question, my love. Just see how many similarities, synchronicities between mm-hmm. the three of us. Imagine mm-hmm. the yep. revelation, epiphany, and breakthrough if one million people at the same time up. discovered how linked, linked that they were. Yes. <gasps> mm-hmm. Yes imagine because you can't deny it when you have a physical reaction to something and it becomes truth based on the physical unfolding of it in your body you can't keep a blind person blind you can't keep a liar a liar if their body knows something is truth. wow Mm -hmm. and the only way to get through somebody is to create these physical sensory experiences where they realize what truth is simply by feeling it not by seeing it or discussing it, hyper intellectualizing it um I think it's experiencing it's so, it. it. experiencing abso- mm-hmm. fucking absolutely. And there was also as well, this quote, and I've been trying to find it and I can't where Anne Frank's sister, um, something had happened where like they were going through. Margot. They were going through. Yeah, where they were <laughs> going through. And I think at this point, her mom was killed where they had cut their hair or something. And, mm-hmm. and Anne was really, really discouraged. And again, I'm going to butcher this quote. I don't mm-hmm. remember it. But she turns around and her sister makes a comment about like oh wow now that your head is shaved I can really see how beautiful the angles in your face are and it makes Mm. me want to cry because I remember reading that quote and Anne being like I didn't realize at that like I didn't realize at that time what my sister was doing and it was Mm. angering for me because what I wanted was her empathy and what she was trying to do was give me a way to look at the Mm. disaster and the destruction and the loss and highlight something that had come out of it. Mm. So I want to say that whenever you feel like you are being, you know, sent for, for, you know, as dramatic and as, as crude as it sounds, but being walked to your death, or you feel Mm. exhausted or emotionally fatigued, or you feel like you might die from grief or depression or anxiety or uncertainty is what, you know, what angles of your face can now see the light of day? Mm. What angles of you can now be appreciated? How many of your edges have when taken for granted because you are hiding behind a head of hair or uh, a head of safety or a head of illusion of security, you know, looking I'm at that other side it of it.
1: Out right now, because we started this conversation talking about prophesizing dreams and writing down our dreams, which is what you said, you mm. wrote down your dreams in a journal and that's lit literally what Anne Frank did like she journaled and I'm grateful every day I'm grateful every day that that little girl had the foresight and just like she was just so fucking cool and she wrote it down and here we are talking about her diary she had no idea that was going to be in our hands
2: whoa oh my god (gasps) I literally want to cry that I did not even yeah there was a girl at one of my retreats who does automatic writing Mm -hmm. and I I channeled a a message for her the next day and maybe someone needs to hear this I don't know but the message says Trish a a copy copy Trish's writing because it will someday be a relic Mm. and I just thought about Mm -hmm. you know the library of Alexandria Mm. every powerful female writing that mm. was taken stolen mm-hmm. burned you know we went from Wait, the muses i don't know if i know about this yeah, yeah. the yeah. oh the, li- the library was destroyed
0: so many times because like there was a raging war against intellect as like sacrilege
1: where is the uh-huh. library
2: <laughs> of-
0: alexandria well, that's well, is actually- that in
2: egypt or africa
0: I'm, I totally totally off gonna
2: show you. I'm actually just gonna pull that up. I'm, I one yeah. second, because I actually want to read it to you. And it I'm gonna encourage Greece. everybody. Who I think it's great I'm gonna tell everyone to go and read the history by Jane Hardwick Callings because mm. it will you'll lose your mind. Mm. The idea though is that besides besides it being um a raging war against intellect which was so sexy by the way I love the way you just said that it was was so fucking love it it was also because of female writing and the muses Mm. Mm. and so it was a really huge attack on the maiden mother crone energy Mm. everything that was very goddess oriented everything that was you know, mm-hmm. some of the most interesting writing at the time, but basically you can read about it in uh, revolutionary witchcraft and literary witchcraft, which is uh, really fascinating. But the idea is that so much of women's writing has been destroyed. So mm-hmm. queer mm-hmm. writing, by the way, uh, anything that is, I mean, anything that did not fit in the white man, mm-hmm. religious power construct was destroyed. Mm -hmm. So any and I mean there are there's lots of writing that by the way only survived because it was um, the name was changed. It's why J.K. Rowling didn't get published until she made her name androgynous. It's why so many people cannot get their books published when they're female and why they actually have to uh, turn their names into Mm -hmm. into masculine sounding names because still now in 2021, which is crazy saying that Mm. there is a huge. Uh, uh, bias and there's a huge judgment and there's a huge disparity and inequality in literary so if you're a woman you will have a much less chance of being published anyways the idea is that with everything getting burnt I mean everything so whether it's religion politics whatever it's why women are so uh, staunch about academia because it's the only way they can get published now it's be they became almost highly defensive of their work in academia because it's how they were able to intercept these blockages. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, and Frank, what she did is she took something, and you know, her her diary was misused and all, all the kind of stuff, I'm sure. And we need to logically be aware of the fact that it was edited and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But wow, how, do you guys know about Paul Dynick? No, no. okay, do tell. Stuff, <laughs> Stop everything! You are doing. This man is the 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 masculine and frank time traveler. Oh, his name is yeah. His name is Paul Amadeus Dinak. And what happens is this man, and I will tell you because you will lose your mind. This man wrote a journal of everything that he saw while time traveling and refused to let anyone read it. He just wrote it down literally on his deathbed because he didn't feel comfortable. And he gave it to his best friend. He didn't want to be ostracized, cast out. Oh, wow. Now I know everything's coming full circle in this conversation. When I say that I, when I heard his story, Ellen, you know what? He looks Northern European with a mustache. I was just realizing that.
0: Like the dream. Holy convertible. Oh
2: my God. I need to show you this. Okay. He. In a nutshell, one day he passes out. He passes out and he doesn't wake up for a year. Mm. Now, I'm going to have to, at a break, I'm going to have to charge my phone because if this closes, I will literally cry. Okay. 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 (laughs) Let me see if it still works if I do this. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. So far so good oh my god I think it's gonna work that's amazing okay <laughs> coming back yes. are you ready for this oh yes, yes. <sighs> Paul Amadeus Dilak goes into a coma now much to you know what he thinks he's basically in a coma it is what it is his family's freaking the fuck out they don't know what has happened they think he's ill they have no idea you can read all about this online what he went through is remarkably different. <gasps> now, this is the second or third time he slips into a coma. This is the time where he went under the longest and he wakes up in 3906. Oh, I'm going to be fascinated. Holy. I need to get into this. 3906. Oh. And when I say, first of oh. all, let's like right away, let's go into the naysayers. 98% of what he said has happened. Let's just start there. Down to the fact that he was looking at iPads before. And this guy was, this is like 1910 or 1920. Okay, this is a long fucking time ago. What He he wakes up in a room that he describes as so clean and so modern and so sterile. And he thinks, Mm -hmm. okay, he must be in a really nice hospital. That's the only way that he can describe (laughs) it. He is covered in bandages top to bottom in bandages in what feels like a hospital room. But he said it felt like almost too perfect. He didn't understand why the walls were so wide. Like there was something disconcerting, but he thought, fuck, I must've gone into an accident. Like maybe I passed out and something happened and et cetera, et cetera. And then he, again, remember he can't see himself. He's in bandages. So he is sitting there and this woman comes into the room dressed like a nurse, he says, the cleanest nurse I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and these doctors come in and start speaking in a language that he has never heard. He's a linguist. He loves language. And so if, oh. you, if anybody listening understands language, you can find similarities. You can mm-hmm. know that, oh, this is like an Anglo-Saxon uh, Saxon or origin. He couldn't figure out anything. He said it sounded mildly Swedish, but he's like, that's it. That's the closest I could get. And that was barely a beast dick. Anyways, they're speaking this language and he's trying to understand things because now he's starting to get scared because there's nowhere near where he's from that Mm -hmm. spoke this language. He starts hearing them in their language say a name. He puts two and two together and realizes that they're addressing him as this name. Now he's like, What the fuck? This is not me. But when he goes to open his mouth, all he can speak is English. Now, the doctors are super confused because they know this guy and this guy spoke fluent, whatever language it might be. But now he's claiming he doesn't speak this language and he only speaks English. They don't speak English. So he's screaming. And now he actually starts to have a full blown anxiety attack. He realizes something's really wrong. But he can't put two and two together. And he's like, let me see my best friend. Let me see my mother. They don't know what he's talking about. They actually inject him with a sedative. He goes back to sleep. When he wakes up, it's a week later. His bandages are off. Fast forward. He looks in the mirror. He is not Paul Amadeus (gasps) Oh. He, this starts the whole Set Like I have so many chills right now because when I first, I didn't, I was like, how have you never heard of this story? And I know now why, because this is the kind of story that you don't want the public to know about. Mm. He goes on this wild adventure. Now, the best part is that the doctors knew what was happening to him and they what? called it a conscious slide. <gasps>
0: what? Oh my God. It's like, a, it's like consciousness sliding into another body.
2: Uh-huh. And another sense of space, of time, uh-huh. and everything in between. Oh my and the di- and, and the- they, they knew exactly what was happening. So by the time they Ooh. realize this, he wakes up. They're actually having, like, if you could see my arms right now, I will try and screenshot that. They, they realize at this point that they can't communicate with him because he's experiencing a conscious slide. And they end up inviting these spiritual people who come in and they're, ca- they're like called the keepers or something like that. And this starts this whole adventure of him finding out about he's in 3906. He details everything that happens in human history. Um, And, and one of the things as well is that we go through another dark age and the dark age follows the age of, uh, of awakening because people start to, um, mm-hmm. Uh, I won't go through right now. I'll I'll talk to you about it in a second. But basically, he is in this place. He starts to learn the language. He has a whole life. He actually doesn't want to go back to where he's from. And the Mm. spiritual leaders are like, look, we actually don't get to decide that. You'll know whether you're going to go back or not when we take you to this place. He's like, what are you talking about? So there's this island called the Valley of the Roses. And they bring you there and that's where the people with conscious slide either go back to where they came from or stay, but they oh. have no say in it. It's only mm. the energy there that decides. Oh. So they're, and they spend a year teaching him about the world. They refuse to tell him what happens in his lifetime because it'll, it'll impact him. So they tell him mm. about the future. They tell him what happened economically, politically. We colonized Mars. And then within literally, uh, I think it's 60 years, a natural disaster happens on Mars and we all die. How could oh. he have possibly, like, how could he have possibly known that? And it makes complete sense. It makes hmm. complete sense. We have not, we, we don't know anything about the climate yeah. in, uh, in Mars. We have right. no idea. So he says, we get there, we colonize and there's apparently 6,000 people and they all die. Um, so they tell him a lot of different, really fascinating, interesting things, but they don't tell him about his lifetime just in case, because then he can impact things. Right. Fast forward. He goes to this Valley of the Roses. He says it's the most beautiful place he has ever been ever. Mm. He Mm. said everything was stunning. The landscape, the sound of the birds that he said, it was the most beautiful place he had ever been. And if you, if he knew what heaven was, this is what heaven would look like. Mm. You have to get there on a canoe. They get into this canoe or kayak they get there and all of a sudden he starts to feel like this literally makes me want to cry because the story was so like this man kept this a secret for his whole life like his entire life because he was so afraid of being just a normal guy okay Mm -hmm. a normal academic guy where you know if you would have told a, a man with a phd who's living in the most patriarchal misogynistic mindset that he would live an exo- exoteric experience like this, that qu- that basically challenges everything that he has been told yeah. about what's sane and what's crazy. Mm. He he went inwards to protect himself right. and, to, I suppose, to survive. Um, and there was so no he- internet where he could connect with other people. This was nineteen ten or mm. twenty, like. Mm. Hence why right. God fucking thank the world that I can have this conversation with you right now. Because yeah. if it were hundred years ago, I would mm-hmm. think I'm crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he gets there and he has this overwhelming feeling of nostalgia wipe over him. Mm-hmm. Like this feeling of longing and love. And all of a sudden, the, his first love Her face, Anna, her name was, believe it or not, pops (laughs) into his head. Yeah, I just, I was like, you're kidding me. It's Anna. Pops (sighs) into his head. And he said that he felt this immense amount of love wipe Mm. over him. Just this feeling of like missing Anna. And just like that. Oh, by the way, he didn't sleep for one year. I forgot to tell you that. So one of the things for conscious slide is you don't sleep. that's how they knew he was having a conscious slide he didn't need to sleep I totally forgot to tell you which made me think about how we look at vampires and agelessness I was like oh Mm -hmm. my god maybe it's because there have been people throughout time who don't sleep Mm. who don't need to sleep and they're just conscious sliding anyways he closes his eyes for the first time falls asleep for the first time in a year and wakes up And he is back home. His mother died. She didn't even get to see him wake up from this coma. And this is what he says, that love is the one thing that is the constant. Mm. It's an unconditional frequency that doesn't abide by rules of time and space. -hmm. That it goes through any dimension. And this is where we get our stories about karma and past lives Mm -hmm. and kindred spirits and twin flames Mm -hmm. and soulmates is that there is something that keeps us coming back. There is something that keeps us wanting more and fighting and yearning and burning and longing and it's love. And it's not nostalgia, it's a remembering. And that every time you feel overcome with this love and this, and why, why heartbreak is so devastating is that you're literally breaking time and space. This is why grief feels so long and so Mm -hmm. endless and so treacherous. This is why time is relative. Why it goes so fast when you're having fun. Mm -hmm. Why it goes so slow when you're in pain. Because love is the thing that speeds up or slows down existence as we know it. Mm -hmm. And on the same token, that level of love is what keeps us coming back or keeps us moving forward. And the way he describes it is that the way he felt about Anna brought him back to where he was. That's how powerful love Mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. And his conscious woke up in his body to finish his karma, wherever it is he needed to finish his karma. Mm -hmm. And he didn't die. And he didn't go to heaven and he didn't do anything. But can you imagine all the mythology that would make sense based on this guy's story a hundred years ago? Yeah. Why we think heaven, why we say the light, why we say Mm. love, it all Mm -hmm. fits into what he says. Even Mm. the canoe to get over to the Valley of the Rose. Like
0: there's so many depictions of crossing a waterway to get to the place of like... um,
2: Shit, uh, reincarnation so right
0: yeah like isis take, it's always like taking people across the water right? ancient egyptians mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so much depiction of that
2: oh my god you are so <laughs> right so this was 39 3906, and he basically was born in 1884 in zurich wow. mm. he became french and a, he became a french and german teacher and lived a tormented love the woman he was in love with married another man Richer than him. And two years afterwards, she died of tuberculosis. Mm. Donate carried on his life, but in 1917, he fell ill. He did not contract a simple fever, nor the dangerous Spanish flu. Um, His disease was an incurable, mysterious one, which appeared in 1915 and basically vanished entirely by 1924. (gasps) The so-called encephalitis lethargica. An abrupt and heavy sleepiness would take position of the ill person who could remain asleep for a few minutes to some days, weeks, or even months in a state from which you cannot either wake up or not. In the first episode of the disease in 17, Amadeus slept for two weeks. And and when he woke up, he had no memory whatsoever of what happened to him. In 1921, it kicked him a second time, this one in a more violent way. And he remained in a comatose state once again, this time for a year. When he woke up, his mother was gone and he contracted another disease with no way out for many people, TB. That's when he moved. So the cold Zurich was not healthy for people suffering from TB. So he moved to Athens where Mm. he became, he came to teach French and German. This is where basically his diaries, he gave them to Papa Tix's best friend before returning to Switzerland in 1924 when he felt close to the end. It was a gift for a friend, only for him. And that student read and translated the 800 pages for his friend and soon realized that his hands were on something of an extraordinary value. The result of a messed up mind obscured by the disease of a fervent imagination, perhaps, or the report of an adventurous trip occurred while laying on a hospital bed. The answer is in the mind of those who read because his best friend decided to publish those diaries 50 years after receiving them. With not little trouble from the political and religious authorities, Dynek, aware of the value of such a documentation, specified more times throughout the pages that Dynek was neither a writer nor a man of imagination. He was only describing an experience through his coma. Mm. He had no awareness of going through a coma. And then when he woke up in 3905 in a body which was not his own, but of a certain Andreas Northam, an Italian man victim of an accident with his flying machine called a linson, (gasps) The doctors talk to Andreas and they explain to him who he is and what he had, but that the man does not recognize anybody as he is Amadeus in reality, who does not even understand the language spoken by the doctors, which sounds of Nordic origin. The man is surprised of the environment, all styled in glass and lights and notices for the first time the strange uniforms worn by hospital staff. So this goes on and on and it describes everything. And you can actually read his descriptions and his predictions, which again, talk about sharing the thing that you see and it getting into the hands of somebody one day. How do we not know that our books and our dreams end up in the hands of someone in the future and they make a different decision based on what we saw?
0: Whoa, it all comes back to that.
2: Holy shit. Uh, Wow. Remember, as well as a kid, you're told, keep a diary, little girls. Keep the diary mm-hmm. why don't you think that's perplexing that the one thing withstands time uh-huh it's people kind of just
1: stop well because they get cut off from their intuition from their pussy from their voice
2: their mm-hmm. throat chakra. and they're afraid of their secrets being seen yes discovered mm-hmm. they're yeah they're afraid of being exposed yeah they're afraid of looking crazy they're afraid <sighs> of being institutionalized -hmm. They're afraid of all. And so all of this karmic past life uh, fears, ancestral shame comes over them. And they allow the human frequency of shame and guilt Mm -hmm. to weigh them down. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. don't make the decision. Like, guys, can you imagine if all of the books and feelings you had became books you left your children or your great grandchildren? Mm -hmm. Imagine if every family left a book of predictions as their legacy. Oh, that'd be so cool. In Italy, in South Italy, we have the Smorfia. And the Smorfia is a book of dreams and dream interpretations where you could win the lottery with them. And they basically analyze every single dream symbolism Mm. and they pass it on generation to generation to help people analyze their dreams and become richer, defeat the government, all kinds of stuff. Mm, and mm. I think how 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 interesting would that be imagine as well if Anne Frank would have documented her instinct her intuition her magic what if she did but it was removed Mm. Mm. yeah we'll probably never know Mm. like imagine the shit that she saw to keep safe like how many times imagine that like what did she do when she had to make no noise at all or lest she be caught yeah. What is she? She breathe? was so
1: smart and eloquent and articulate and a like poet, a true writer. Oh, I just love her so much.
2: <laughs> Imagine her shamanic capability. Oh yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. What if her yeah. mother's bloodline was a series of, of witch survivors? We mm. don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and it goes the thing of like our ancestors stayed silent to survive. And wow. now if we don't use our voice, we die. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god. I'm, I'm having you guys, <laughs> you guys. You guys, I'm having a, to what, you, <laughs> what you guys just
0: said. Okay, so my fucking Hungarian grandmother, Anna Frank, mm. I just heard her voice for the first time in my life from beyond the grave. What? And I knew that I was going to end up talking about this on a podcast episode, but it never came up in my solo episode. Uh Um, This just happened. So my, so what? yeah, so she died tragically. Okay. So we have to go to, (laughs) this is the whole thing because this is literally like everything we're talking about. So she grew up in Hungary and basically had a choice of like getting married or being a nun in the convent very strict catholic conservative um upper game there yes so she chose the convent because she didn't want to like have she, her parents didn't like her boyfriend so she couldn't marry the one she liked so it was like that kind of a situation so she went to the convent then she eventually got to america because she had anemia and she could use that as like a reason to immigrate for better medical care Um, Wow. Anyways, she comes over here. She literally meets my Hungarian grandfather on the boat and, um, (laughs) they immigrated to different parts of the U S but eventually get together. Okay. Then my, they have seven kids, (laughs) including my mom. And unfortunately, right after my mom gave birth to her first baby, my grandmother fell down a flight of stairs and went into a
2: coma and died.
0: Yeah. So I've always been like afraid of stairs and I'm really careful on stairs because I grew up, Mm -hmm. I'm the eighth kid. So this is 13 years later, I'm bored. My grandmother has already passed away for 14 years. I never met her and I've only seen pictures of her. But literally (gasps) a few days ago, I'm staying with my parents right now. and And yeah, and a few days ago, Our relative in Hungary sends a digital file uh, like of her recording a cassette tape because my family used to send cassette tapes back and forth to Hungary, like a literal voicemail before phones, Mm. you know, before like you could call another country. So that's how they would stay in touch. And I got to hear my grandma's voice on a cassette tape. Oh my God. A couple of days ago for the first time ever in my life. It was like, that's what my grandma sounds like. Like that's should <laughs> sound like you, my mom's mom. Yeah. Her, my mom and I all kind of sound similar and mm-hmm. like look similar. So there's definitely a through line, but like, I've been thinking okay, so much about it. Balls. Like, Yeah. Like <laughs> hearing her beyond the grave and how, like, I, who's going to hear my voice beyond the grave like everything we're Dude, talking about right I now i have so yeah. many
2: goosebumps.
3: i know Dude,
2: yeah. it's a podcast is a digital a digital, and this is why please please back up all of your episodes somewhere yeah because in the event that apple or spotify or whoever gets rid of them how are you going to be stealthy and make Ooh. sure that this message gets to the witches shit you're so right Damn, you know, if everyone yeah. wipes this out right now, how yeah. do how does my mm. daughter find your podcast when she needs it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Think true. about that. Is there like a digital library, a collection, a, a way for people to purchase? You know, every single episode. Mm. A way to create a a you know a feminist witch iCloud. Or yeah. some kind of cloud service where we mm. create the Library of Alexandria Witch Bitch Edition oh, online. Yeah. <laughs> literally, you know, if you got yeah. every episode, if you got every episode transcribed and you turned it into a, the basic witch's Bible. Mm. <laughs> and it literally just becomes this, this book, this literal book of the most important highlights. Of mm. everything that has been discussed on your show. Mm. This way, you know it doesn't go anywhere.
1: Which is, we know that you know that taking care of your brain is so, so important. Therapy has helped both of us in our lives so much. And if you've been looking for a sign to go to that first therapy session, then you can go no further than BetterHelp. And you
0: don't even have to go anywhere for BetterHelp <laughs> because they come to you online through your device baby the modern era except they've been doing it for a long time even Mm -hmm. before this pandemic we find ourselves in so go to the trusted source for online therapy it's fully licensed fully professional therapists
1: beaming into you baby wherever you are in the world Yes. So if you want to save 10% off your first month with BetterHelp, all you have to do is go to betterhelp.com slash basic witches. That's betterhelp.com slash basic witches. We hope that helps. Do you think that we're living
0: in the next dark age that was referenced in the prophecy? Like, So do you know what's
2: insane? Um, do you guys know anything about gene keys? Mm-mm. No. G- okay, so uh, Human Design, Gene Keys. Mm-mm. Okay, so today, yeah. so th- the theme for January 11th. So today until January 15th, the theme in terms of astrology uh, energy, it's it's a whole science. Definitely gonna encourage everybody to go look it up. Gene Keys and Human Design is number 61, and it's just hit me that 61 is the key of psychosis, inspiration, and sanctity. Well, look how that fits into the conversation that we had, taking it back to the very first part of this about having big conversations about your breakdowns and your breakthroughs around the right company, because Mm -hmm. it's either going to inspire people and therefore inspire you and give you the space to become who it is you want to be and succeed and da-da-da, or you feel like you're literally going through psychosis.
3: Mm-hmm. So the
2: whole thing is that psychosis is just, it's actually a really normal state of the human mind, but we don't let ourselves go there because we're told that psychosis means mentally unwell. Mm-hmm. Psychosis means crazy, but psychosis right. is a break that allows breakthrough. Uh-huh. We have turned it into a culture of a break that causes a breakdown, AKA mm-hmm. mental breakdown, uh-huh. AKA don't trust yourself. This is why shamanism and deep excavation work and whatnot relies exclusively on you going that inwards. Anyways, so I want to read to you what 61 is because the mood of where we're at mm. is, is nuts. It's okay. actually called the holy of holiest. Oh. That's literally what it's called. Oh. The holiest of holiest, Gene Key, 61 inspiration sanctity and and a psychosis and do you know what the archetype is no Libra. the mystic oh, um, the waking
0: up the, of the, the intuition
2: the mystic archetype feels the pressure to solve the great mysteries of life wow. and the question why is always present and they will not be satisfied until they find the answer And they themselves can be very mysterious, but when inspired, they have a contagious energy about them. They're interested and fascinated in knowing the unknowable. Is that not the whole theme of our Mm. entire conversation? (laughs) So the internal motivator, and this is the theme. So from January 11 to January 16, to know the cosmic mystery, so the head center pressure is the internal motivator when it comes to the mystic. And the Achilles heel meaning the weakness, but the strength is the obsessive mind. So when we look at the positive kind of attributes and stuff that, that is like, you know, all right, what's the good thing about the Mm -hmm. mystique with the obsessive mind? It's the creativity, the inspiration, being a seeker of truth, originality, Mm -hmm. innovation, mystery, and the enigma, the deep persistent wise being. It's knowing Mm -hmm. that you know nothing, Mm -hmm. but the reactive qualities is that sometimes you can freeze, you can get anxiety, which is, look, you know, and I can imagine how many witches and mystical types in America right now would be mm. in that fr- freeze, right? That fight or flight <sighs> response. Yes. They'd be in this place of like, oh, fuck, I <sighs> know I'm magical, but I'm freaking out. Mm-hmm. You know, my depth in my, 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 the well is like, oh no, this is too much. My emotion, my instinct, my intuition, I need to shut it off. It's where mm-hmm. our awareness feels like a curse. Mm. So what happens is, you when you get reactive in that, you'll reject anything that disproves your biased opinion. Mm-hmm. You'll reject anything mm. that disproves you, the the need you have to hold on to your fear. You're going to be so right. committed to stagnation because that stagnation feels like security that you'll actually repulse all the magic trying to come into your life. So you have to be really, really careful in that place and in that energy, is that so much of the unknown becomes known. And in that place, it is too chaotic for those obsessed with control. Mm. So do not reject everything trying to come to you through chaos theory. Don't freeze, don't fly, move to attending and befriending, which is what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Now, also repressive qualities for the mystic is an inner giving up. And this is basically when we go from wanting to know about the great mysteries to giving up. Mm. which is the complacency and the apathy you were discussing before. Yes. It's like you mm-hmm. get, it's almost like this existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And you're like, yep, I need to survive. So I'm just going to pretend that this doesn't exist. And mm-hmm. I give up. This is not my fight. I don't mm-hmm. want to do this anymore. And mm-hmm. that's actually a really big repressive quality that will cost us thousands more years of feeling yeah. repressed, feeling suppressed Fuck. and feeling stamped out. Mm-hmm. So the energy behind that fear is that you want to stay in the, within the realms of comfort and conformity and what you believe right. is security. Well, and what yeah. happens is then you have to go on this big heroine's journey to get out. This massive quest, which we're all being called to do all the time, the heroine's journey. I'm going to encourage everybody to look that up as well. And when you go on that quest, you break free of that pattern. And then you're free from that sense of restlessness within your soul. It's like, okay, if you go Mm. on the heroine's journey, you can embody that mystic quality. It's about accepting that challenge and using the power of inspiration. So Mm. for everybody listening to this episode, look at that power alive within inspiration, that activation through the transmission. You feel inspired, it ignites a sense of aliveness, and you are then hungry to discover more of the mysteries within life and Mm. encouraging yourself when you're feeling exhausted compassion, fatigue, overwhelmed, defeated, like everything's going to shit, that your power is alive within your, your creativity and your instinct and your mm-hmm. intuition. And if our ancestors could survive to get you here, we can keep throbbing and being like really excited and turned on for what happens next by simply choosing to be inspired instead of terrified. Mm -hmm. right there's ways to kind of go about this so that that gene key 61 is super important and again the holy of holiest and the the shadow work in this is the pressure of why it's the existential crisis it's being Mm. terrified of Mm. not knowing oh my god right it's like you become kind of you know you get disenchanted because you feel so pressured you're like oh because apparently this quote that i've heard once is god is pressure and it is (laughs) that's funny so it's like you let it dictate everything Mm. in your life but what happens is and this is this amazing quote from richard rudd he says creativity is the single most important gift for drawing humanity out of mass psychosis Mm. and as Mm. you as you enter the field of the 61st city which is sanctity entering the unknowable a huge pregnant silence descends and all of your mental activity abruptly stops. And being in that sanctity of the unknown is basically mm. the most erotic thing that you can do right now as a witch. It's sitting yes. and not knowing anything.
0: Yes, Damn.
2: yes, 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 yes. It, you know, it's oh my gosh, sitting that's so in there. so spot and on.
0: Yeah. And so instead spot on. of feeling,
2: like, because look at what's happening in the world right now. We are yep. literally in. The week of weeks. And we are in the holy of holies in a Mm -hmm. place, by the way, which is governed by state and religion.
1: Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. During the age of Aquarius
2: and the female uh divine uprising. Yeah. (laughs) And and remember that the reactive nature to the repressive nature is just as important. So the reaction based on what we're Mm -hmm. repressing. So if we're repressing the pressure to know why, which leads us to psychosis, right? Because we're like, why, 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 why? which then leads us to become disenchanted because then we're complacent, whatever. Uh The reactive nature is to become fanatical. Mm. And so what, look at America and it can be described in one word and that is fanatical. Mm. Extreme religion, Mm. extreme government, Uh extreme wing. And Mm. the reaction to not knowing is to become obsessed with what it is you know. And therein Uh lies fanaticism. Wow. Yep.
0: Mm. Whereas, whereas when people can get comfortable with the magical unknown where all possibility lies, (laughs) Mm. Uh um, Uh parallel to the pussy, parallel to the universe, like Mm. when you can get comfortable in that, all these possibilities unlock and synchronicities happen and like support folds around you. It's just so Mm. It's just so that one leap of faith into like, I'm choosing to just know that I don't know. Mm. But uh-huh. once you can get there, you unlock so
2: much. Because it's the quest The not knowing leads you on the quest. That's mm-hmm. the point. Right. Mm-hmm. So the not know, if you knew everything, there would be no journey. Right. 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 That's right. fun. You just you know, sit wherever there's... you are. Right. <laughs> and and no growing. No growing, right. no evolving. And the need to bump into different environments that make us uncomfortable directly mm-hmm. becomes responsible for what or how we evolve to grow to meet the need of that new limit we've discovered. Mm-mm. If we sit oh. within the same limits constantly, there is no evolution. And Therefore, com- go, go, go. Go, 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 go ahead. <laughs> go, no, go. Comfort is
0: the nemesis. Comfort is why we got to this place, it te- like advances in technology that make more people comfortable, make more people complacent. And I talked about this in my solo episode that no one's heard yet. Like, <laughs> what are you willing to give up? That is the the only way to make change is to be uncomfortable Mm. growth and comfort do not coexist like change and comfort do not coexist what would you give up are you willing to live in a tent for three months like occupy wall street you know Mm. like are you willing to give up comfort or else how can change happen
2: this is the thing as well too it's like first of all what the fuck is comfort (laughs) what comfort right What's like, think about it. What the fuck are we quantifying? Right. Comfort. What are we, what exactly are we trying to achieve? Exactly. And then you right. think about complacency is like, okay, what's comfortable to me, comfortable to me, not me. I mean, society. Right. Oh, I want the retirement fund. I want the mm-hmm. mortgage. Uh-huh. I want the, I want the marriage. I want the monotony. So when you pursue a construct that feels safe, even though it makes you feel stifled, Mm -hmm. your defense and survival mechanism becomes complacency. You think, well, if there's no fireworks in my life, I I have to to survive the lack of ecstasy. I need Mm. to sort of just reduce myself to a pile of fucking mediocre rubbish. You're you're (laughs) supposed to have fucking standards and those standards should be electric because that electricity has you seeking out something else that is not alive within control it's alive within surrender to last um sorry lack of control yes and lack of knowing (laughs) Uh, yes like chaos theory is it's like it's why it's why our bodies continue to be raped and pillaged and plundered our essence is bullied by those who will never ever be what our essence is yeah the reason that we continue to be raped and murdered mm. and pillaged and bludgeoned is because the thing that is most scared of you the thing that is most threatened by you will in its mind go to a place of total like i must decimate and destroy this and just force. Need to take I, right take from you mm-hmm. because Control they know you. You. you can decimate them so it's right. this mm-hmm. really fucked right? up hierarchy yeah. of the reason like if we needed proof for magic, just look at how many times you've been killed. Right. That's you'll mm. find all of the proof.
1: Damn. You don't believe in magic?
2: Look at all of the ways that we, why, why is it because mm-hmm. what are you, what are you going to reduce it to that? What our pussies are made of gold and we're somehow these man eaters and we're irresistible and therefore we just continue to be, That's not the truth. What happens is we're such a threat. That there is no other. It's like in a, if you went into a, a kindergarten room, there's a ch- there's a chicken pecking order. If you went into a, a dog pack, there's an alpha mm-hmm. and there's the ones below it. And the alpha takes its role, not because it wants to be in charge, but because it doesn't want anyone to be in charge of it. Mm. And this is exactly what the aggressor does to the victim as it makes the victim believe that they have no power. Once the victim believes they have power and they know they are power, the aggressor no longer stands a chance. Right? Which will only survive once they remember who it is they are. Exactly, they need to wake up mm. to it. Wake up, come Bingo. out of the coma
0: of uh-huh. your know, suppressed powers and wake up to your intuition, which is
2: mm-hmm. fucking it's, there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. if they don't they will always be a victim yeah yeah it's like be. it's like online you know if you're scared let's say your worst nightmare is having your nudes fucking put onto the internet somewhere mm-hmm. right and we mm-hmm. all know we don't care about that stuff but some people yeah. have a <laughs> fear of that so totally. my logic was like, okay how do I meet the fear of it everything you know mm-hmm. about yourself if you put it out there, no one can use against you. Mm-hmm.
1: But so exactly how you to... just said, like me putting, and I'm sure you guys feel the same, me putting it out was me taking my power back where, where it's like, yeah, I've now put a semi-nude picture on Instagram so you can't leak anything.
2: Like I don't give a fuck. So, so body so, is and it's real, yeah. How, how about magic? How <laughs> does that go for magic? So mm. think about that. You do tarot out loud. Like, let's just say. And mm-hmm. our, our uh, Naked Oracle stuff, which I'm fucking obsessed with. Yes. So think about <laughs> how you're just d- getting naked and how you are doing your magic out loud. Mm-hmm. It's the exact mm-hmm. same ways you're protecting yourself. Because deep down in your soul, you've probably been killed for being a witch. You've yes. probably had to go underground to survive. Mm-hmm. And in this lifetime, you're like, no, I know that you can use this against me. So what I'm going to do is do it out loud. So yep. you can't mm-hmm. use it against me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that what we think is cute and is like a podcast or just doing an oracle reading is actually a complete homage to all the ways that our ancestors were (laughs) fucking murdered. Wow. Because they, you know. Or they went into hiding or because they couldn't do those things out loud because they didn't have the balls or the ability or the privilege to do it out loud. We actually sanctify our magic and keep it alive and protected by being loud about it. And talking Mm. about it. Yes. Okay. And I have to say, Mm. (laughs) speaking of full circle, Mm -hmm. before
0: we hopped on the Zoom, Leah and I were just catching up (laughs) and she was feeling qualms about sharing her um, prophet, oh, possibly wow. prophetic vision,
2: and no, I said, wow. I think you have to mm. because we love, have to love love to hear uh, it. If you're down to share it, it. it's dark, it's I'll dark, but it. I it. said, it's not good. Yeah,
1: it's the actually truth, I wanna, though, I want to come on video for Thank you, this. it just feels so real, yeah. Um, okay, well, fuck we're recording this before it, this will come out, uh, you know, time, whatever
0: on the 20th I I'm think. Just, yeah, I'm <laughs> actually just this is up. coming out on a, inauguration day fuck I just so realized that I'm putting I'm, my
2: video
1: on so I can see you too
0: because yeah. I feel like you're
2: about to say something that is going to prove something to somebody and it's really important so I'm just creating space for that right now
1: thank you I mean I don't want to say it. it's dark as fuck but a lot of people have been tossing around the the words of Civil War, too. And, and um, the fact that, that Trump said that he's not attending the inauguration, I believe, is a mm-hmm. dog whistle for MAGA people to, they're more emboldened. Mm-hmm. And the quieter that Trump is getting um, with Trump, ban- with, uh, I mean, all of the social media apps banning him, the more days that pass that a message is not sent to Americans, I'm like, I truly think we are headed towards a second civil war, or, or an assassination, or something is—it's not over. It's going to be really bad, and I'm really scared. But I also—and I also think it's the end of the Republican Party. I think it's going to be. This episode
0: this is coming out on inauguration day. I don't know if you heard me say that, but
3: no. Yeah, wow. this
0: episode comes out January
3: twentieth.
2: Yeah, wow. so I'm afraid oh. to say that. So tell me what the prophecy was. That was it. Details. 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 Mm -hmm. And also don't, you're saying I think, Mm -hmm. but you know, you don't think, you know. So own the knowing. Yeah.
1: I suppose I'm afraid of saying Mm -hmm. that because I don't want to speak this into existence. But your future, why are you scared? Okay.
0: My sister, Angie, just had this come through the other day. Why are you scared sometimes? Why do you feel nervous? Because your future self knows that already knows it. Otherwise you wouldn't. Uh-huh. It's like when you have an audition uh-huh. and you are so calm and confident that you got the role because your future self did get the role. And so you yeah. know that you tap into that. So like uh-huh. the fact that you're nervous might be your future self because it knows this is true. So yeah, you do know it. I don't know.
2: And, al- I don't think you know and also what if you speaking this right now is the exact thing that keeps it from coming into existence? I like that. Wait, how? what if you... What because is? The, what we said before about is the twilight
1: acting ahead of time yeah. Okay. yeah
2: so what if you say something out well, loud so, and it, it scares s- enough people to do something differently right. it's so frustrating
1: because i i was very loud during the election and like texted friends and i was called condescending and now mm-hmm. to see what has happened it's like you gotta be when it when Mm. stakes are this fucking high it's like this is not just politics this is not Mm. just something we don't talk about with people this is now people's lives we are seeing video Mm. live streaming video on the news of the president inciting violence you cannot deny that and he has done so many fucking things to even get us here that it's it's all been complacency and it's mm-hmm. Nazi Germany and I'm so embarrassed for our fucking country that some people are shocked by this. You know what? So yeah, I guess yes, I, knew, I knew four years ago that we would be here. And that's why I was so vocal then about him not being elected. Mm. I knew and does it piss that piss you here now. Yes, it gets me so mad. And all the people that like still stand by voting him for, for a second time too. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm so mad and it doesn't feel mm. good to be right. I don't yeah. want to be right in this scenario, mm. but I knew. And yeah, I guess I know yeah yeah
2: also could you forgive yourself if you didn't say something and then that resulted in something happening
1: that and that's what I said back I said I would would rather do I said to her I said I would rather do too much than not enough
2: yeah Mm. and why why can I ask you a question why does being told you're condescending even matter to you Mm -hmm.
3: it shouldn't because I'm human I don't know
2: I was wondering the same thing mm. because they think about it, right? The people in charge right now who are, for example, the president and whoever the fuck else is condescending in nature, right? Yeah, Everything yeah. about them is condescending. So mm-hmm. if I gave you a megaphone and I gave Trump a megaphone, how much louder would you have to be to be heard above Trump? Oh my God. So, so therefore long. if he is, a 10 on 10 for condescending why not understand that you maybe need to be a 15 on 10 in condescending or at least be Mm -hmm. perceived as that in order to be heard Mm -hmm. by the people who are currently distracted by what he's saying Mm -hmm. right we we don't get to decide how righteous or how good girl we sound when we are Mm -hmm. trying to change the world (laughs) exactly it's so interesting i i
1: it is another way of silencing a woman. Well-behaved women rarely or well-behaved the world, rarely man. make history. Right, Eleanor Roosevelt yeah. like yeah,
0: yeah we're going to be it's seen like, as some sort of negative at, judgment. But
1: I, I am glad through all this that like um I because we all relate to Anne Frank, I've always wondered and imagined like wow, what would my loved ones and friends and family act like or be like if I had been alive in 1942 Germany and now Mm. just open your eyes and Mm. it's like I'm, I'm learning who cares enough about the future and the world that we live in and people and humanity
2: do you know you know what's really unfortunate babe is that humans are the most predictable creatures in the world And if you want the world to feel a little less human and a little more alien, a little more angelic, a little more heavenly, a little more not of this world, you have to realize that acting human is not going to help your cause. If you want to be respected as a woman, being the good girl is not Mm. going to help you be heard. If you want to get in the face of, and it's terrifying. I'm not taking Mm. away from that. It is terrifying having a voice. It's terrifying having an opinion. But what's more terrifying is you betraying yourself within the act of not speaking what it is you see. And the tragedy that becomes everything you know you could be and everything you know it is you could have changed and everything you know you could have had a part in if you would have just done the damn thing is that every moment of your life has led you up to here, listening Mm. to Anne Frank, reading Anne Frank, starting this podcast, like you guys meeting each other. It literally Mm. all leads up to now. Mm. And Uh it becomes, what are you going to do to stretch those wings? You have to leave the nest. And whatever you become outside of that is your best. But before you feel your best, you have to feel abandoned and you have to feel like you're falling and you have to feel like you're going to die. But then once you do, and you say yes to all of that, you grow wings and you oh become a bird. God. Literally my dream last night. And I have it on,
0: on proof. Cause I texted my partner. We were, we had <laughs> to, we were on Mount Shasta, which is the root chakra of the earth, a mountain in California. What the fuck? Yeah. And we had to jump off the mountain and free fall. And we were in those like Wingsuits were like base jumping. What base jump? Fuck? And then we and then we had to go to the higher part of the mountain, the very peak, and uh, skydive off of it. And we were doing it, and the sense was, wait, let me see what I texted him because the sense wasn't bad. He said, "Were we falling?" Oh, and I said, "No, more like flying." Wow. Speaking of getting pushed out of the nest wow! <laughs> and that's the free fall. And Leah's heard me talk about it. I've felt like I'm in free fall for weeks because I'm moving wow. and, and leaving social media and just being a fucking bird pushed out of the nest. Mm. And-, yeah,
2: and, uh, and also the root <sighs> chakra is the symbolism of requiring the need to fall and fly so that you can lay down real roots that serve you. Right. In order to really tap into this feeling of aliveness and sturdiness, it actually. So before we would cut the head off the chicken, we would cut the tree from the trunk and it's only the roots that are left. But now it's like you You have to actually let your head fly. So the tower mm-hmm. must burn. You mm-hmm. need to go and travel and ascend and, and go to places that are Aquarius air, by the way. To go to this place that's less about the security and the wealth and the, and the material of mm-hmm. the world by staying, you know, thinking that rooted comes from wealth and material, but more in what if roots grow when I believe wings will appear? Oh. Mm-hmm. going back what to stop- what is comfort? Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: not just material, uh-huh. not material.
2: Uh-huh uh-huh oh, I, remember, I remember dream? I remember i oh, sorry sorry go, ahead,
1: so go ahead go God ahead go ahead go ahead sorry tell me tell original me. dream yeah mm. when I asked you what um what you took from I'm your so dream and yes. and how <laughs> did, different did and you how differently you acted differently yeah because I'm still mm. curious about that
2: it has because this was a domino effect and there were all these other dreams that happened so literally throughout the last, let's mm-hmm. say, two, 12, like 15 months, mm-hmm. it has showed me where I disassociated from my power in order to survive. And what happened mm-hmm. was that dream was so undeniable. I, my logical brain could not discredit what I saw. And that actually created this experience for me where I had to realize that I'm wrong about everything. And in Mm. order for me to actually feel alive and and be embodied, I have to be willing to believe everything it is I see. If I don't believe what it is I see or show myself, how will anybody ever believe me? Mm. So that skyrocketed this kind of uh, situation for me where I started calling myself out Uh, In every single way, I didn't believe myself. Didn't Mm. believe what I saw. Didn't believe what I felt. And the more dreams I had, that became completely fucking true, and that absolutely Mm. happened. Because you're right, right? I don't want the dreams to be true. Yeah. Mm. So I was continuously being like, "Oh, you're so egotistical. Why? Why would you? You know? uh, Why would this even matter? Why? What are you know? Why are you seeing this? Or you know all this bullshit that goes through your brain about." Uh, maybe it's what you ate maybe it's because you went to sleep at this time mm-hmm. like you just try in a panic mm-hmm. to substantiate and justify every single thing it is but you get to a point where that's such a crock of shit because you can't when something like Wuhan and yeah. a fucking airplane yeah. and a disease it's like what did I eat before bed that gave me the details <laughs> of the whole <global> pandemic <laughs> oh my God. it's like what the fuck it's 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 absurd Mm. so the more that that happened Mm. the more i started to pay attention to other aspects of my life where i was Mm. reducing or minimizing my power Mm -hmm. in order to feel less overwhelmed or less intimidated or more understood by the masses which then led to more of an embracing of my magic my astrology my channeling my intuition all the parts of me that I've been told my whole life are full of shit because mm. they come so easily to me because uh. they feel so powerful to me. So on paper, the dreams, the symbolism, I mean, we could even, well, we can have a margarita Zoom night one night and we could just all compare <laughs> our notes. Yes. But the, the power <laughs> was more like, holy shit, this is something that you need to take seriously. And you feel restless right now, Angela, because you don't take yourself seriously you feel mm-hmm. restless because you don't feel taken seriously by other people, but look at what you're modeling and the ways you don't believe yourself. So remember we get, right. we are gaslit because right. we first gaslit ourselves. We give permission to the world to abuse us because we become the blazing beacon for how we abuse ourselves. The mm-hmm. more you betray yourself, the more others betray yourself. Yep. The more yeah. trust you have in yourself, the more you welcome the trust of others. Oh my God. So, it, you know, it led mm-hmm. this whole snowball effect of, of what happens next. And now I know that what I see is real. And whether I believe it or not at the time, it kicks my fucking ass when it shows its <laughs> face to be real. Yeah. And it's like, okay, bitch, yep. do you want your life to be easy or hard? You decide. Uh-huh. Believe or don't believe. Uh-huh. And yep. we teach
0: people how to treat us. Like you were saying, and Mm -hmm. it's just so crazy because I think we talked about this on the first episode with the link between the voice and the sex, the Mm -hmm. throat chakra and the sacral chakra, the only two Mm -hmm. that harmonize and are intrinsically Mm -hmm. and anatomically linked. And in the divine feminine uprising, the wake up call is to use the voice, what we're talking about, Mm -hmm. writing it down or speaking Mm -hmm. it out. And I just feel like people need to- Yes. Yes. And the pussy and the pussy has the power. We have the power. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We just need to wake up to it. Everything we've been saying, Mm. Um, but you know, Leah and I get a lot of listeners, um, like asking us questions about starting a podcast because they want to, and it makes us so excited because like, at least the way I see it is there's no competition. We want all these voices Mm. to be heard. There's a place Mm -hmm. for all these voices. And if you think about Mm. it, like a flow chart, there's going to be some voices that are bigger and louder, but we need voices at every tier, like spilling this. Mm-hmm. Down it's to the greater mm-hmm. good. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just feel like people need to hear that. Like, do it, go make that thing you are thinking about sharing that you, you get excited about, like mm-hmm. it
2: needs to be heard. Mm-hmm. You know, I stopped, I stopped doing my podcast for months because I was so emotionally fucked up from the abuse Mm. the the bad reviews the and I stopped seeing like I Mm. stopped seeing the good it was doing because I was so terrified of being hated or (sighs) vilified or demonized and Mm. I basically regressed to like you know little witch Angela in another life who was thrown down a well and drowned I went to you know little baby witch Angela who who was Ground in a fucking river, or ocean. I started thinking mm-hmm. about how I've been burnt, and I'm like, "This is too scary. I don't want to do this." Until I went into a breathwork journey, and I realized that my fear was, "How do I stay alive?" The bigger this mission gets, and the voice responded mm-hmm. to me, "This is not about staying alive. It's about what your children know about the meaning of life after you're gone." Ooh. And now yeah. I realize that for me the fear of speaking and the consequence from speaking seems so fucking trivial when i think about every way that my great 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 grandchildren might be robbed an opportunity right. of being right. heard because i'm too afraid of taking up space right now right and it's something that you know i'm restarting the podcast i'm i'm I have a the the magic app coming out and all this kind of stuff where it's like even the, the the Oracle cards, I would stop because I would get death threats and Ooh, all this kind oh. of stuff. And now I'm kind of like, now I know no ego that the reason that is, is because I'm powerful and mm-hmm. that scares people.
3: Mm-hmm. And their
2: only way to hurt me is to, you know, it's like when you're at school and uh, mm-hmm. if, you, if you are really smart, they'll be like, you're a fucking nerd. You're, you know, you're an, right. uh, 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 the teacher's pet. Or when you're confident, they'll squash you and say you're fat. And -hmm. when you're magical, they will say everything else in the book to to diminish you because that's what a a human being in the trenches of shit will do to something that is more lit up. It'll try and steal the light. Oh, yeah. And I'm just in a flame. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's my lesson right now. It's like, even if you're scared Mm -hmm. of not saying the thing, even if you are worried about stepping on someone else's toes or right. even if you are, you know, thinking that your message is not important enough or mm-hmm. what you have to say. could it Remember that even if one person, one, and that's conservative and grossly understated, mm-hmm. is affected by what it is mm-hmm. you have to say, mm-hmm. then it is worth putting whatever it is you're doing out there. And even yes. if that means a thousand, you know, empty mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. threats so that one person can hear something that changes them mm-hmm. forever, it's worth it it
0: is it is mm. it so is it's hell yeah so is, and so, it is. Mm. <laughs> and so
2: it is as is above is below as is within is around mm. and let us slam those margaritas on the ground yes! and just <laughs> encu- encourage everyone in your amazing audience mm-hmm. to tap into and lean into their own interior forces and i'm Mm -hmm. going to encourage dominion self-dominion over those interior forces Mm. and the honoring and the reverence of your instinct and your intuition and Mm -hmm. your sixth sense Mm. and all of the ways that you are hardwired to see what others can see and feel what others can feel and Mm. be what others can be because you are not meant here to play the game that everyone else is playing you are meant to be in the infinite game in the future to think and be from a place that people will never understand right now so stop trying to seek understanding for people who aren't even living right now to give you information Mm. about how to live for the future and just be alive within the place of knowing yourself backing yourself believing yourself at all costs and against all odds because once you lose trust in yourself you don't stand Mm. a chance
1: Mm. I love you so much. A I don't think like we need oh, a reading. I think like you are the reading. You <laughs> are the. I was going to say the same thing, are Leah. Are you serious? But, but <laughs> I saw the,
0: the rebel deck in front of mm-hmm. me the rebel deck, the oracle with attitude. Mm. And I pulled something for the collective and I haven't seen it yet, but it was while Angel was speaking and it felt Ooh. so right. And it was like, mm. we do need to rebel back to being the outcast. Like, we need to rebel against mm. all this okay so this is what it says Ka. get some fucking Fuck. sleep you are okay. being mm. an ass because you are fucking tired face <laughs> to pillow now okay so mm. messages we do have to rest so that we can rebel people need yeah, to hear that like, yeah yeah and everyone's sure. been so tired everyone's rest so to tired rebel. yes mm-hmm. i love that rebel <laughs>
2: Fuck yeah i'm actually i'm gonna do a post about that today that's so beautiful again Thank it's you. self-care and also mm-hmm. just because my cup is full doesn't mean i have to pour doesn't mean um, you know So the other yeah. side of that it's just just this idea of the martyrdom is that martyrdom does not lead to heresy martyrdom mm. prevents us from embodying the heretic mystic who changes the world mm. you have to be self-caring as the emergency in order to care for the rest of the world. You don't learn to care for others by not caring for yourself. You don't learn to honor the rest and creative process in somebody by dishonoring the rest and creative process in yourself. And you know, when you're at war, Mm. you need your rest. Yeah. That's the Trojan horse. Is that the masculine war? They keep going. They're on drugs. They don't sleep. They're delusional. And they act like doctors at the front line. This is where complacency and apathy is born. When you rest, apathy and complacency doesn't stand a chance because you're right. honoring what your body needs to survive and thrive. Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. Thank you for that. Thank Can you. Can I just say one quick little thing? Yeah. yeah. One quick little thing, just on an end note on the reading. Um, right now we are in the season of Capricorn on our way to Aquarius, Okay. We are in a place that, particularly with the um, Saturn-Jupiter conjunction and everything else that is becoming alive right now with change, with society, with the container, Mm. with the discipline, with everything, I'm going to encourage us to take a look at, before going into Aquarius and Leo season, which is going to be massively about the innovation, the rebellion, the taking of space, the leading from the front of the charge, the being brave enough to be the voice for the pack. You will not be able to embody Aquarius and Leo energy until you face the music in Capricorn and Cancer season. So Capricorn and Cancer season is the head and the heart. It is the feeling and the thinking. And this is the season where you can take a look at how or where you default to in crisis. So in crisis, do you default to feeling or do you default to thinking? If you are trying to think your way through life, think your way through pleasure, think your way through play, think your way through success, think your way through danger, it's never going to work. So before you can embody what happens next, you need to be dancing along the axis of I know when to think, but I know that feeling comes first. And I know that thinking and logic means nothing until I can be embodied within the playground of the body, lest I be held captive in the prisoner of the mind. Mm. You cannot be a prisoner of the mind in Aquarius season. It will not work. Mm. (laughs) You need that energy. You need that space to fly. So address all of the ways you are obsessed with sticking on the ground or climbing a mountain just for the sake of getting to the top in Mm. order to forfeit that room you need to jump straight into all of the change that's on your doorstep in this Mm. next season. Mm. Imbach is exciting. It is a time of springing forward. It's a time, my second favorite time of year next to Scorpio season. This is a beautiful time for change, for getting horny, for being aroused, for get, it's like the ovulation season of the year. So you want to make sure that right now you are going into the body for ovulation because ovulation doesn't work in the mind. It's Mm -hmm. why we can't get pregnant if we're thinking about getting pregnant. (laughs) It's why we can't have an orgasm if we're thinking about the orgasm. You need to feel your way through gestation and birth and death and life and fucking. So that's my invitation to everyone.
0: Feel it, feel it, feel it. Where do I RSVP?
2: (laughs) seriously, it'll be an orgy. We're gonna create yes! a sensory, astrological orgy. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh, I love you Thank so much. Thank you so much
1: for being our first guest of 2021. This feels perfect.
2: Oh, uh, honored.
1: Epic and honored. meant to be.
2: honored. Honored. And what I'm also going to do right now, a proclamation, is invite you, babes, to come onto all of the magic stuff that I'm doing. I'd really, really, really love for you to uh, create a masterclass as well. I'm running a witchcraft. Uh, and which basic like retreat over five days. I think it would be really, really cool for you guys to participate in that. I'd love to have you on my own podcast. If there's Mm -hmm. any way that I can support you, just let me know. But I believe in your badassery and I'm so (laughs) appreciative of the work that you're doing in the world. And um, don't be scared. Because if you're scared, then I'm scared. So we're (laughs) We're in this together, which
0: we're doing this together. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, thank you so much, Angel. And shall we each just say a quick basic blessing to wrap it out? Yeah. So anything we're grateful for?
1: Oh, I'm I'm so grateful for Anne Frank. Was that Mm going to be yours? No, you you got it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh,
0: I'm grateful for... Anna Frank my grandma Mm. for getting out of the
3: convent and coming to America so I could be here Mm. she was brave Mm.
2: Mm. amen to brave women doing Mm -hmm. brave things
1: Mm -hmm. angel baby I'm just thinking I'm leaning in and I love it. Mm -hmm. Take your
3: time. Mm -hmm.
2: I'm grateful for my ability. To sit within the realms of not knowing anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for. The arousal I feel towards uncertainty and chaos, and how at home I feel in the mystery, (sighs) and how grateful I am for being born with the ways to translate the Morse code coming to me from the unseen.
3: Mm. So, how do you do it? I feel like we've been Literally around a fire words. this
0: whole time telling oh. stories. That's how this feels yeah. energetically. Like gathering and sharing. Oh. Yeah. Love you, witch. Love you.
3: <laughs>
0: thank so you much. so much. Oh
1: my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Ah. Oh. Witches, this show is made possible by listeners like you who contribute on our Patreon. If you want to join the
0: Basic Witches Coven, become a patron. And as a thank you for your support, we'll give you all kinds of witchy goodness, like card readings and custom art. We'll see you in the Coven. Hexo, Hexo. Basic
1: Basic Witches.
3: Witches tum
1: well. tum <birdchts>.
0: Pimp, op, 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 pimp, pimp, above above pimp, basic basic pimp,
3: pimp, pimp, basic witches <laughs> <laughs>